You're listening to For the Republic, a love letter to Star Wars animation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Mandalorian recaps here on For the Republic, a love letter to Star Wars animation. Andrew and Connor are here back once again. Connor, fresh off the Achilles injury, is back here to talk about some Star Wars again. But we're not alone. No, we have another special guest this week from Stardust Records. You may know her as uh, an Andor super fan. We have a lot of them on the show. Uh, But it's Savvy. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you? Thanks for having me, first off. Oh, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh, of course. I was like, we, we got we gotta have her on at some point. Uh <laughs> it's just a bummer we didn't have you on for Andor because we had we had all the Andor. We had M on, we had Mo on, we didn't <laughs> get you on. So it's like now we finally get to uh complete the Trinity there. Yeah. Um but I know you you're just getting back from celebration. We were talking about it earlier before we started. So I gotta imagine that the the jet lag is real right now. Uh, but yeah, I hope, yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay. I uh, yeah, I've been up since one thirty a.m. my time, so Pacific, and that's nine thirty a.m. I'm pretty sure over the pond. So I was like up and ready to go ready to run the convention floor but i couldn't because it was 1 30 in the morning (laughs) (laughs) no geez yeah i know that's off i've never done like one of those like 11 hour flights or whatever it would be from your place to to london and i just don't want to do that that just sounds not great i think like seven hours is the longest flight i've ever had to do um can't even because that does remind me i've gone overseas twice and i can never remember how long each of those flights were but they were long yeah this one was nine hours for me yeah and you're on you're on the west coast and we're on the east coast so it had to be that's just even worse that's yeah um but you're back and i hope hopefully you were at least able to enjoy this new episode of mandalorian chapter 23 uh, the spies because this one was Pretty, pretty awesome. So the first thing that we do when we have new people on the show before we get into the episode is I like to ask our guests just to get a, a better idea of how they were introduced to Star Wars. If you have like a first memory of discovering the franchise or like how you got into Star Wars, uh, if you'd like to share that real quick or like just something that pops into your mind when you think of the first time that you discovered that this was a universe you really liked yeah um so i also actually used to live on the east coast as well i lived in the miami area Mm, and when i lived there my mom was going to school you know she didn't have the opportunity to go to college when she was younger because she came from and like finally was able to go and she had like seen those movies as a kid and you know when you, you don't know a certain language like you'll learn english through watching it so one of those movies for her was star wars so it came on and i think i was like eight and i'm 23 now and 
she was like, oh, have you ever seen it? And I was like, no, I, I have no idea what this is. And she literally like plopped me on the couch that we had in our little house. And she like worked right there and the desk was right next to the TV. And it just like marathoned all of them. And then I think a couple of weeks later, like months later, the Clone Wars came out. And that was it for me. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. It, from then to now, I don't think there has gone a day where I haven't talked about Star Wars. <laughs> that sounds about right. It's like like the, the, the timeline's a little off for me, but like that area of like time in my life and then just constantly regurgitating Star Wars is very familiar. So how did that turn like what about Rogue One and Andor in particular connected with you more uh than everything else and like that became your obsession? Well I like to say that I think that the stories of underdogs deserve to be in the spotlight a little bit more. And um, Diego Luna was like a really big inspiration for me, like another Latin American man, uh, well, another Latin American. And I was really excited when he was casted and I love Felicity Jones and the cast was just super diverse. But not only that, it was also just the story between Galen and Jin. Um, I didn't get to see much of my dad for a few years and I just felt like I resonated a little bit with Jin when I saw the movie. So it was just multiple points that other Star Wars pieces of media that just didn't hit with Rogue One, they did. If that makes sense. No, no, yeah, I totally no, that get makes that. Sense. I totally get that. And especially the, the Latin representation. It's very strong and not only Rogue One, but Andor. And yeah. there's so much of it now uh in star wars which i think is awesome and uh hopefully it just keeps uh going up from here uh but now i guess segueing into mando i were you one of the lucky ones that got to watch this episode at celebration or did you not uh get into that screening no i think it was people who got into the lucasfilm showcase panel they got invited back that oh when I went in Anaheim, I got into the Lucasfilm Showcase panel and they invited us back for a Kenobi episode. So it was kind of like the same concept. But there was like, it was cute. It was like little, um, like a little high school gossip session where people were like, oh, like I got to watch the episode and people were like, oh, like what was in it? And just like little spoilery flitters of voices everywhere it was funny yeah because i heard they showed the like the opening scene at the studio showcase panel and then they were like oh we're gonna have this screening later tonight so i just find that so weird that celebration the last two years has been like okay like we have these panels but not everyone has seen them and not everyone knows what was going on like i don't remember who i was talking to but they were telling me they didn't hear about the Daisy news until like three hours after it happened. And I'm like, yeah. how was that a thing? Like, I, I yeah, I had no idea. And I was there. I, somebody was like, Daisy's coming back. And I was like, what? Like the showcase panel ended like 45 minutes ago. It's, I don't, I don't know how that, cause when I went, cause I've gone twice when I went in Orlando the year, the last Jedi came out, like the, they showed the the first trailer there, and 
like even the people that weren't there, like that was all everyone was talking about because they played it on the floor. They they showed it a few times, like on the floor. And I just feel like they're just not doing that anymore. I mean, I haven't been the last two years, but it just seems like they're really limiting what people can see and really making these panels be like, okay, not only do you need to be here, but you need to get into the panel. And and I'm just, I don't, it's, it's, I hate it. I thanks, just, I don't Reed like Pop. it. Yeah. Thanks. And um, it, 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 yeah. Just like, real quick about celebration. I, yeah, I know I you had a couple on, things to say. I wasn't on the recap episode. Two of the most hyped things for me. A, the fact that we're getting Daisy freaking Ridley back. Like, I just, I still can't fathom it to this day. Because it's like, for me at least, I think we've talked about it on the pod before, Andrew. Daisy Ridley coming back to Star Wars, I would have thought would have been like a 2032 to like 2035 type deal. Like, I knew she was going to come back. I just figured it would be like 10 to 12 years down the line and we'd wait a bit. The fact that we're getting her back now as a Jedi Master, rebuilding yeah. the Order, with her story being being uh, heralded by a woman of color director, mm -hmm. the first one in Star first Star Wars films is just insane. In the best way possible. It's really awesome. And I cannot wait. Yeah, it'll be really good. And if she goes by, like, Grandmaster, then she'll be... Wouldn't she be, like, Grandmaster Skywalker? That yes. is so cool. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see people just get so upset about it, and I'm just going to be loving every second of it. I can't wait to see that yellow saber in action, man. Yes. I can't I wait. I thought we would right have over there. a decade <laughs> for that saber to be used, but hopefully not. Um, and then the other big news is like we got some High Republic Phase 3 stuff, but like, as we know, as most here, uh, yeah, I can't talk today. As I've talked about on Twitter before, Keith Trennis is just one of my favorite all-time star wars characters so the fact that phase three is going to feature her as a jedi master is not only lends credence to uh this book yeah you know you know <laughs> but like also jedi master keep trying as a phrase it just brings such warm feelings to my heart and i'm so hyped yeah i need I'm to so catch up badly it's interesting too because phase three is only one year after phase one so she went from a knight to a master in like a year that's yep. crazy yeah yep it's they really be promoting in the high republic just like that like in the, in the times of crisis like all right here you go you're a master now something anakin could never even dream of too soon hey. everyone too soon <laughs> Uh, but Never let's get soon. into uh, this episode. We start off. It's I. I was very confused because I thought that like like did they accidentally start playing like Blade Runner or something like during this first scene on Coruscant with Elia Kane? It was straight out of one the Andor premiere, and two, it was just a shot right out of Blade Runner. And we have our suspicions confirmed that yes, of course, she is still working with Gideon, and we see him for the first time, and just. There's something about Giancarlo Esposito that he just, like, 
he makes everything he's in better. Like, I've enjoyed this season for the most part, but, like, having Gideon back, it's like, oh, my God, hearing his theme again, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so hyped. I forgot about Moff Gideon for a while because, like, we hadn't seen him at all this season until this most recent episode. And so that, coupled with the fact that Dave Filoni is going to make his feature film directorial debut with, like, a Mandoverse movie... I really, really, really hope they do not kill off Moff Gideon in the show. No, please don't. Because could you imagine Giancarlo Esposito in a on on the big screen in Star Wars? It would be awesome. That yeah. guy would just eat it up. Yeah. So much. him and Thrawn just like going at it for power. Like I need that. Um, I guess while we're here. What have you thought of this current season so far, Savvy? I know you've been doing uh, recaps uh, on your show, but like, what have been your overall thoughts on how the season has, has been going? Has it been like what you were expecting, or uh, ha- have you not been enjoying it too much? Like, what what have your thoughts been so far? Well, it definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't what I was expecting because I thought that it would be more of Din making his way to Mandalore to atone for his sins, I guess. <laughs> but um, I mean that in a good way. Like knowing, like knowing that it didn't go the way that I thought it would go is a positive thing in my eyes because it, it means that there's not much to predict. And again, I mean that positively. And I didn't think that we would get so much of Bo. And like as a Clone Wars fan, I've I've liked Bo, and and I've always been happy to see her character appear in things. So to see her get such a strong storyline in this season, I was really excited about that. And I remember at D twenty three, Rick and Pedro both had said that like this season would be more about the Mandalorian as people rather than just Din. Mm -hmm. so you know like found family yeah found family is really important in star wars so it was just exciting to see that you know that was kind of living up to what they had said there so yeah yeah i know rick famiua like i think earlier this week had a very similar quote saying that the show has it's no longer where dinjarin is the titular mandalorian it's kind of progressed into all Mandalorians, uh, which is why Bo-Katan is essentially the season's lead character. And while I love it, I know a lot of people got pretty upset when that came out, uh, which I don't... It's so weird because I saw so many people hyped when Katie Sackhoff got moved to, like, co-lead this season. And now they're like, well, it's it's not Din's show anymore. I'm like, well, which one is it? Like, like, are you are you excited about it or are you not? Like, I get it. I love Din, too, but Bo has always been one of my favorite characters, and I love uh, this arc that she's going on. And I do think it, it makes more sense for her be the, to be the one to unite Mandalore together. Uh, and I don't think that Din's story with the Darksaber is necessarily over, as Don and I talked about last week, just because Bo has it now. There's so many directions they can take this in, especially because we know that there's no real... Uh, we know there's... A big culmination point with the Mandoverse movie, but they've talked about how they don't plan on ending this show anytime soon. So 
It's not like we have to worry about season four being the last season or anything. So there's way more of Din's story to tell here. But going back to Gideon, there again, there was just something hype about seeing him back in his cruiser as he's going through that hallway, seeing all those, I don't know if you want to call them stormtroopers or commandos or, or, or whatever they are, but they looked super cool. And I'm just like, okay, so this man literally, last we see him, he's getting arrested. He's getting sent to New Republic prison. And he just said no, because he just immediately breaks out. He's got everything back again. He's got the sick armor. And then we see the Imperial Shadow Council. And Connor, this confused me, because if you go on Twitter, I've been told that they were retconning the sequels. So why the fuck is Commandant Hux in here? Here's the best best part, too. I'll have to look it up like right after I say this. But there have been some people that have that have said that the Shadow Council was in the Aftermath trilogy. Obviously, I don't know if John and Dave did their like homework homework, but like the fact that like they're in this fucking show, I I just I oh it's I'm, incredible. I don't I'm not in the Thrawn trilogy. Like I'm I'm not well versed within that. Um Yeah, me neither. I did read somewhere um, they are in the aftermath. I just looked it up. Sorry. Yes, exactly. Yes, they were first introduced in the aftermath books, and they wanted to take the power back, like from the New Republic. So that is cool, and it's not the first time that they've started bringing like legends into canon. No. Yep. Yeah. And then they like do we it got, here. We with, got Captain uh, Pelion. Yeah, Pelion, who was, was a legends. Cool he's a legends character again. The fact that Brendel like, Hawks. Brendel. Hawks. And it's Donald yeah. Gleason's brother. Yes. I the second I saw Brendel Hawks, like the, the actor, I was like, okay, that's probably one of Donald Gleason's brothers. They and have, so when I saw it in the crest, I was like, yes. Their voice has almost the exact same cadence. It's yeah. so at first I was like, is that just Donald Gleason with like a bunch of like prosthetics? But no, it's no, his I, brother. Yeah. That was uh, a disgusting just, decision. Just but, the concept like, I, of the shadow, just seeing the shadow council in live action is just so cool. Cause yeah. it's like, we really get to see what they're up to, what they're trying to like configure and figure out. It's like, okay, well we need to do that. We need to divert resources for this. We can't really yeah. show our strength here. And it just shows that there's so much more going on behind the scenes. Whereas we've been led to believe that this is just a bunch of like separate imperial warlords like doing their own thing but they're actually united as one and this of course is going to lead into what becomes the first order uh and i just love how gideon is just kind of twisting the knife there like oh yeah where's thrawn thrawn never shows up for these things it's time that maybe we get new leadership and he's i knew he wasn't gonna show up because i was like there's we would have heard about it because yeah. they made it seem like the Ahsoka reveal on Saturday with Lars was the first time we saw it. And I feel like it would have been leaked out Friday if yeah. Thrawn did show up in this episode. Unless... I read the leaks for this episode because I was just like, I didn't. I'll read them. And I still forgot about half. I still was surprised with 99% of the stuff that happened in this episode. Um, but like with the Shadow Council, just... Just, it's just seeing them a lot. Like I said it before, but like just seeing them just squabbling and trying to figure out what they're going to do for power and like how they're going to consolidate their forces. And Gideon's just like, 
Yeah, I need some interceptors and uh, some other stuff, and it, it's just so cool. I love it so much. And he and said Praetorian that, guards, and I was like, yeah. When he said Praetorian guards, I was like, the leaks were right. Yeah, That's he said it. Know. And I was like freaking out. And then, like, even though I knew it was coming later in the episode when they showed up again, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Cause Same. I got, I was so good. But like, I know a lot of people uh, were really excited about Pelion showing up uh, because he's Thrawn's right hand man in Legends. But mm -hmm. again, I don't know if anyone here on this panel uh, is, is, like that's their thing. Like I've never read the Heir to the Empire books. I know Savvy said that that's not her thing either. So never read for them. us, it it missed. But I saw so many people absolutely freaking out about it and how they nailed the casting. Mm -hmm. So bravo to to Dave. Oh and yeah, John the casting for, is for bringing this in. Scary on because I, I, a big criticism, and I, I do love Dave Filoni, but a big criticism with a lot of his work has been the neglect i guess might be the, the right word you can use with how he adapts books and comics uh tales of the jedi had a really big controversy surrounding them with the ahsoka shorts uh so for them to do this and and show the respect of the legend of the material and also what uh dave was talking about uh at the ahsoka panel of how closely he's working with timothy zahn to make sure he gets thrown right I like that. That's stuff I like to hear. And that's, I mean, I, I'm not asking for like a word to word adaptation of the book to the screen. I just, I, I want them to be treated like they're the same character uh, and, and to act like, Hey, like when we said that the books and comics are equal canon to the movies and the shows, we actually meant it. And stuff like this is, is good for me to hear. Uh, but yeah, this opening scene was so hype. And, and the I fact just, that we, there was like a little mention of like this new Imperial project, Project Necromancer. The second I heard that, I was just like, that's yeah. Palpatine, baby. Yeah, the cloning mm -hmm. project, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I just was like, it's got to be Palpatine. There's no other way. I thought it was, I thought we've heard that before in one of the books, but it's probably the Palpatine thing. Is is my guess? I want to say this is the first time we've heard about Project they Necromancer. Make, they make a lot wrong. of references to cloning in this episode, and and Gideon even says he's going to create an army with uh, Mandalorians, Jedi, and clones together, and that really intrigues me too. So it's like, are these new troopers that Gideon has? Like, are they clones, or like Someone... where does where does the Jedi come into this? Is my question. Someone pointed out, not really pointed out, but like sort of tried to make like a compare. Not, I don't want to say compare connection, because the armor of the um, Imperial troopers—I don't know what else to call them. Uh, like I thought they were super commandos, but I guess they're not. That was—I so. was. That's yeah. exactly the point they were making. Was um, the uh, they looked the armor looked super similar to the Imperial super commandos from Rebels. Wouldn't shock me if uh, that was some of their inspiration for it in universe and out of universe. They're taking a lot of inspiration, but again, what a great way to start this episode! Like, it just shows that, like, Gideon being in the show again just adds a little bit more tension and, and stakes to the stuff. 
because I enjoyed last week's episode. But like now yeah. that we have okay, we've got Gideon back. It's like everything feels like okay, stuff might go down now. Uh, and I was wondering the whole time, like, why does Gideon look a bit different? And I was like, oh yeah, he shaved the stash, and it took me a second. And then it was. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say they they had his character poster this week, and he still has the stash on him. People were like, "Come on, come on!" You're like, "You can't fool me." Yeah. All right, go ahead, Sammy. Oh, I was just gonna say it was a great way to reintroduce him. Um, it was essentially like telling the audience and also the people in the room that he was in that like a reminder of who's actually in charge. And and. It, it it was just like a fascinating way to see him again instead of because people were saying that they wish they had seen the prison breakout scene but I think introducing him afterwards and having that like ominous introduction like pre-intro where we kind of know that he's no longer in prison and he's just kind of yeah out there I thought it was perfect because they had that scene a couple weeks ago at the end of the episode where we see that his the ship that was going to bring him to the prison was uh, invaded. And there's that glimpse of, Oh, it's, it's Beskar. It's like the Mandalorians help him out. Now we find out that those are his new troopers, we assume. And I'm just, I'm loving this. Uh, The one question I do have is this episode is called the spies. We know one of them is Elia Kane, but spies as in like plural. So like, who are they talking about here? And I have my I have my eyes on someone. Someone is very suspicious after this week. Everyone's but. been saying the armorer, and I'm uh, just kind of like, whoever it is, it, it is. I'm I'll be probably surprised either way. See, when she later in the episode was like, okay, I'm gonna bring the troops back up. I was like, okay, so she's she's dying. Like that that ship is getting blown up. But oh yeah, when they cut happen. away to it, I was like. Something bad's gonna happen to the Mandalorian fleet. I was Just expecting like, yeah. it so much. I was Gideon like, they're gonna get ambushed. It, but it hasn't happened yet. So we'll see next week. But then I believe we cut back to Navarro, if I remember correctly. And we see the two Mando tribes meet and we just a lot of this episode focuses on the differences between Bo-Katan's Night Owls and the Mandalorian Covert and we just see the different rules and customs that each tribe has and what makes them different and there's all this talk like Bo-Katan even says like oh yeah my people hate your people and they've never even met like they just hate each other and it just it's a good I guess metaphor for how Society is just trying to pin people against each other constantly. And, and even though they're quite similar in a way, we got to have these differences and and just be like, no, no, these people, they, they don't follow the way correctly. They're, they're not real Mandalorians. Uh, but we see them try to work together, uh, wh- which I liked. And I, I was waiting. I, I mentioned last week that I could not wait for Axe Wolves to just piss off Paz Vizsla. <laughs> It happened right away. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm living for this. And then we see them start fighting later when they're playing Mandalorian chess. So that was that was pretty great. I, I also just love seeing all of these night owls in live action. Like I said, like I'm a, like Savvy. I'm the Clone Wars is like my 
thing. I, I love it so much. So to see like all those Mandos and just seeing the Mandalorian gauntlet like in live action, I bring it up every week, but it just looks so cool. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and just the and just the see- transition, the transition of Bo from animation to live action was seamless. Like it was, it was perfect, and especially yeah, since it was been great. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, I, I really liked it. And, and we get to see Bo again, kind of just laying out the plan for the. It's like, we need to move our troops to above Mandalore. We're going to have this ground invasion. Uh, we're going to retake the planet. And we see a bunch of people volunteer for the mission later. Uh, but I'm just completely skimming over one of my favorite scenes of the whole episode, which is uh, IG 11 is back, technically. Um, Don and I last week were like, so that like memory core thing, like, is that just not going to get brought up again? Like the whole season. And then they, they bring it back and we just see IG 11 just waddle in while, while Din and, uh, grief are talking because grief brings him like a bottle of like space booze or whatever. He's like, you gotta make sure you don't go through that in one night. And I'm just like, I just want to see Din just blitzed just on Whatever that is, just in the corner one week. But IG Eleven comes in. I'm like, he looks. Wait, a wait, bit wait, 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 Blitzed? Is this a West Coast? I mean, an East Coast thing? Blitz? I don't know. It might be. I think I don't know. Completely okay, just shit faced. Who knows? Okay, that that's so. We have sloshed. That's also another one. That's another one. Okay. I, I feel like okay. blitzed is more like high. I don't know. I'm getting my my words mixed up it's been a no i like it it's very star warsy it is for very now. star warsy for now blitz dang, dang yeah. ferrick like who knows um <laughs> but i was like something's up with this uh with ig11 <laughs> and then and then we see that the the little anzellan is 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 in the middle piloting him and i was like okay i will freaking love this if there's just a random anzellan just on the adventure with him the whole time but then Grief is like, no, we're gonna we're gonna fit the he's like, all right, we gotta make sure that we can fit the the baby in there. And oh as, yeah, yeah. I, brought the baby. He's like, I brought the baby, yeah. He's just trying to fit him in there. And everyone's being like, Okay, grief is just totally like the grandpa that's like causing shit and letting the grandkid do something that his um father wouldn't let him do. And so I just, just posted something in the server that's related to the Anzellan in the episode that you might have seen. If not, you you can't unhear it. Oh, I, I know can't. exactly what you're talking about. I'm gonna exactly li- I'm gonna listen to that later. Yeah, uh, because it's ta- it's tainted that scene for me. <laughs> I can't I, unhear it. I hate it, but I love it at the same time. Uh, I'm gonna need you to, to to lead the conversation for a second so I can listen. To this. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, IG12 and just the Anzellan and everything. Yeah, I, I, I just heard it. Yep, it's it's very like it's one weird. of those things that you cannot unhear. Um, but yeah, I was under the impression I was like, dude, are we gonna get an Anzellan in this adventure? Because this would be amazing. And we didn't, but we get Grogu commandeering IG-12 and just pressing the yes and no button and just 
the amount of tweets that I saw that were just multiple yeses and then like multiple no's, like only Star Wars, yeah, only Star Wars could. Do I it. mean, pretty much. Yes. Yes. What? Yes. 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 <laughs> I just love that. I love how it went on for like. 45 seconds too because it's just yeah. yes yes then they cut to the, the like the square and he's still going and Din's just like oh no what have we what monster what, have what we have created what, what have we created here he's because, in his terrible twos I know it's like uh, no yes yes, <laughs> yes 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 I was like oh man I love this so much uh and and then just him just like screwing around in the square, like trying to buy fruit or, or like trying to like eat the fruit and just like, oh, God damn it. And he was having to pay for it. I just, I just found it so hilarious. And it was, it was nice to have another like fun Grogu scene, especially mm-hmm. because a lot of the episode after this is more intense. So we then go to like the campfire thing at the end of the, uh, uh, like at the end of the night and we see all the volunteers and it's your usual suspects, you know, Din, Casca Reeves, Axe, Paz Vizla, the armor, and then a bunch of like random people we've never seen before. And it's like, okay, you're probably going to die. Uh, and then they, they head out and they, they leave for Mandalore and then we, we start the mission and it, everything from here is just really cool. Like we got another shot of them just all just flying out of uh, the gauntlet with the jetpacks, which I think is just such a cool shot. And it just reminded me a lot of like something you'd see in like a war movie of them just like jumping out of a plane. And I just, every time they did it with um, what episode was it? The, the, the pirate, I think. And doing it again here was, was really cool to see. Uh, And again, just seeing, Grogu with IG-12. It just it's it's so weird and I love it. Uh but then we get back to the planet and as they're getting down there they they notice a ship in the distance. And we discover that this is more Mandalorians, it's a whole other tribe. We find out that they are uh they've been there since the purge began and they've been kind of surviving since then. Uh what did you think of these characters? Like, did you think they just kind of came out of nowhere? Did you like them? Did you like the designs? Like, what did you think? Uh, Incredible. I like, yeah, I like them a lot, too. And wasn't one of them Skinny Pete from... Yeah, Breaking one of them was Skinny Pete from Breaking Bad. And <laughs> uh, it took me a second because I was like, this guy looks familiar. And my first yeah. thought was, that's not Christian Bale, is it? And I'm like, <laughs> no. But I've seen this before, and it is. it was Skinny Pete. Uh... I thought it was really cool seeing Mandalorians. Like we've seen Mandalorians who have never been to Mandalore and we've seen Mandalorians who were on Mandalore, but had to flee, but we haven't seen like the people that have like endured Mandalore yeah. of what has happened after the purge. So I thought that this was a really pleasant surprise and a nice, I really liked it too. Yeah. Their yeah. designs of their armor and their capes and whatnot was just top notch. Yeah, the ship, the ship looked really cool too. Very it Pirates was like, of the Caribbean. Yeah, I was gonna say very Pirates of the Caribbean. 
and I, I really enjoyed it. And I just loved a lot of the dialogue that they had as well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really hope that they are not one of the spies and they didn't just lead them to the Their forge. Demise. Yeah, I really hope so because I really and like this these is, characters this a lot. This is when we find out the full story of what happened with Bo-Katan and the Darksaber. Yeah, loved the scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That- like, I was expecting flashbacks because, like, come on. I want to see Bo-Katan and Giancarlo Esposito go at it. Yeah, and it'd be like, cool. We'll see it. Ne- we'll see it next episode. We'll it'd be it cool to see uh, I, the purge in live action because I know we've only gotten those like little hints with the KX series droids and stuff, but it'd be really cool to see it like actually. It'd be it it'd be the Mandalorian Order sixty six flashback. Yeah. Sequence. That version. No Keller and back to save us this time, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It's gonna be all right, kid. Uh, just, yeah, finding out that Bogaton like willfully surrendered everything to save her people. It's like, damn. Yeah, there was a yeah. great build to it. It's like, oh, Lady Lady Kreese would never surrender. It's like about that. It's like I I gotta tell the full story here. And then the fact that she did all that to save her people, and Gideon just bombed the planet anyways. It just shows the the evil of the Empire. And I think a lot of us kind of expected that of like, oh, he's just not going to. He's not, not going to honor the deal. No, no, definitely not. Like, oh, an Imperial ceasefire. Like, this doesn't sound like anything we've heard of before. Like, they're just going to bomb. It's such it an oxy. An Imperial ceasefire is such an oxymoron. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like um, it reminded me of. Again, different stakes, but the, the solitary clone this season, when Cody negotiates the the peaceful surrender with Tawny Ames, and then that stupid shithead Imperial governor is like, "All right, we'll kill her." <laughs> like, okay, like I'm in charge here. You got to kill her, and then that's when Crosshair stepped in, and then that eventually led to the best moment in the entire series when he shoots uh, Lieutenant Nolan. Uh, but fuck Nolan, again, I hate that. I hate that guy. I hope there was no. I, I highly doubt there would be that, but I hope there was no Nolan cosplays at Celebration this year. No, thankfully there were none. <laughs> I saw one of the um, the Death Star uh, parts that they were making in the yeah, Narcina prison. Nar- Wait, Nar- what? Yeah, that, yeah, I saw that on Instagram. I think it was cool. It was like a one of those like accessible. Oh my um, god! Yeah, it was really cool. I didn't see it in person, but I saw it and. Yeah. That I thought that the, was I I know what you're talking about, but like I thought that wasn't a costume. I thought that was just like like they were holding the pro- it. like yeah, like holding it like a yeah. prop. Well, how, uh, oh my god, dude, Star Wars fans are insane. That and the the Nexu cosplay were the coolest ones I saw. The uh, Narkina Five prison outfits are the new like ice cream maker outfits, like the cosplays. Because I remember last and last celebration they did like the, the like ice cream thing, like you know how the prop mm-hmm. is the ice cream maker. Yeah, yeah, the ice cream maker. Yeah, this year there was none of that. It was just the one way out chant. Incredible! I I love was that. Like, we've moved on. We're in a new era. <laughs> did, did you cosplay at all? Um, I forgot to ask you. I don't remember if I saw anything. 
Um, I, I brought two cosplays that I ended up not wearing, but I usually try to at least do like one or two days. Um, but I brought Jin and I brought Melshi, but I did <sighs> was gonna do Beach Melshi, Melshi, but I just Roosevelt Melshi. Yeah. I've, I've never seen the Melshi. Um. I'm bummed out we didn't get to witness that, but like, no, I might just like wear him and take a picture in it. But yeah, the shirt I got was like almost the exact same design. I don't know how I tumbled upon it, but I felt like I had hit jackpot and I didn't well, even wear it. If you do it in Japan, I'll hire someone to be a Kino Loy to just follow you around and just scream at you the whole time. <laughs> To mousy and then just <laughs> throwing him against a wall and stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, the fact that he's coming back for season two excites me so much. Uh, uh which one? Kino Loy. Oh, I, I have I my mean, thoughts about that. We hope Mel. I mean, he might be dead. Who knows? But like, we hope Mel. She's back for season two. Um, it's uh, not. It's not confirmed, but it is confirmed. Like there is a soft confirmation, but. There's no like. Is it like how Andor Twitter was like? Are we finally getting the beach scene in this episode? Like they just knew it was happening because of the, the leaked, uh, set photos. I suppose so. Tony Gilroy was like kind of like threw it out. He was like, "Yeah, Duncan's coming back," and then Duncan was like, "On to season two. and I was like, "Okay." They basically just confirmed it without really confirming it, but we're not necessarily supposed to know, but we know. Look, Bix is back, and that's all I care about. So, yeah, as as a Bix enjoyer, I'm just I glad that she's the, back. The Bix enthusiasts are are rising up, and we will we be here. Ah, oh, man, that the minute I saw she was there, I was like, should I get on a plane right now and just try to get last minute? I know I was absolutely heartbroken that I couldn't see her like in person. Uh, and I was there, and I was so... She's, like, my favorite person in the whole world. And I was like, oh, there goes my only chance. <laughs> Fingers crossed for Japan. Yeah. Um, but back to The Mandalorian. I know. Uh, I, like, come on this pod, and I take it with Andor. <laughs> we it with Andor. It's okay. We're used to it with the guests we have on. Um, any, any mention, any Rogue One crumbs... Or just somehow brought out of it. I Mo got a Rogue One reference out of. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, was uh, it, the- it it wasn't even Andor. It was like I don't remember. It, it might have been like either the Acolyte or wh- whatever one we were talking about. Um, but again, I'll have to I'll have to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. I did in fact edit it, and I am already forgetting. Well, um. That- at Celebration, I won't say too much, but they premiered at the Visions panel, I Am Your Mother, the like one of the Vision shorts. Oh, and you were there for that? Yeah, I got to watch it, and there is a, there's a Rogue One reference, and it's so small, and it's silly, but it's there. And there's like a Hera reference. The whole short is like made up of like Easter eggs from the sequels, the prequels, the standalones, the shows. It was really, really cute. I I can't wait for Visions, man. I'm so excited. Same. I am so excited. That, that well, I just really I ne- blue. I need, to, 
That's out of the water. I need so a Wallace cool. and Gromit cameo. That's all I ask for. Well, Don will lose his mind. I, I would lose my mind. The I Am Your Mother one was that same studio, and there was there was no Wallace and Gromit. Ah! Yeah. Damn it! But the animation style is so similar. I was like, I feel like I'm watching Curse of the Were Rabbit. <laughs> well, that's good. That that's one of the ones I'm the most hyped about. But all of them look so cool. I don't know. I'm still like, I don't know which one is which yet because I, I I didn't get to watch that panel. But like the trailer looks, oh, phenomenal, awesome. just awesome. Well, uh, a a lot. And of it drops in what two weeks or something? May the fourth. Yep. Yeah, I really recommend watching that panel. It, it was amazing because you hear from each of the different studios, the inspirations behind the episodes, and they all have like an extremely personal touch to them. And it, it like like the entire convention center, like the panel, were in tears at some of them. Oh my god. Yeah, I heard because I watched Alex Damon's like recap of it and he said that like there was such an emotional vibe from that panel that like he got emotional at multiple points. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like brought to tears so many times. The stories were just so special. Like I want to go back and listen to it again. But I need to real quick I need to do a tangent before we get back to the episode because I totally forgot you were on a panel. At celebration, I was. Uh, tell us about that, real quick. <laughs> um, I was a panelist on celebrating Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, it was the five-year anniversary of Solo this year, so we thought, what better way to celebrate it than to do a panel about it? And I was with Hayden and Liv from uh, Kezo Run Relay, and Yasmin. She's on Twitter, and Cam, and Ethan. Sax was on the panel, which was insane. I keep forgetting if I can or can't curse on this pod. <laughs> we no, don't can. curse on you our can. pod. You but yeah, yeah, it was insane. I it was definitely one of those like once in a lifetime things that I'm hoping was not a once in a lifetime thing, but we had like 600 people turn up. We they eventually had to like turn people away from the queue, which was wild. That is and so awesome. There were people who like who worked on solo who came to the panel and like talked to us afterwards. And that was wild. Like I've never had anything like that happen to me before. But it went super well. It was so much fun. It was the fastest hour of my life. That's insane. I talked a little about it a little bit, but mm -hmm. that is because she was on two that weekend. But that is awesome. And I I don't know if I could do a panel celebration. I have it bookmarked. It's on Liv's Instagram, I believe. So yeah. I'm I'm gonna watch it soon. I just need to find the time. But like, I really do not so know excited. if I could if I have the guts to do a panel celebration. You, like I, I want to. You you should totally if you ever get the chance to just throw out an idea, and it it, it it's something that I never thought I could do. But it was like having a conversation at like dinner time. It was really fun. It's so cool that you packed the uh, the room too. Like that is, that's awesome, and it just shows that there's so many people out there that love that freaking movie. You hear that, Lucasfilm? <laughs> just we need more. And uh, I, I feel it's like been five years. Since five that. years. That's insane. And my I don't my like hearing that. Just 
well, falling over on my desk because the stand is broken. His, it's uh, it's been 10 years here. since The Force Awakens, right? Uh, it'll be 10 next celebration. So yeah. eight I, this I, year. Mm, no. Which is just disgusting. As I was a, don't like hearing that. I was a senior in high school when that movie came out, and I just same. I, just, I I'm so old. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I would. I, I, I was 15. I had just. It was my 15th birthday. That was oh when it came out. That is what a birthday. Yeah. Wow. Getting to see like, the Force Awakens. My 16th birthday. The bath. This is my 16th birthday. Every birthday that i've had living here i've been able to go see a star wars movie because they've come out that's awesome yeah except the last three years unfortunately i know but... the last one was unfortunately rogue one i think no i am so bad with time let's just ignore what i just said <laughs> i was like it would have been episode nine right but yeah, yeah there we go five. yeah that one Road rise. This the road oh, words. Yeah, I won. There Trust. we go. Rogue. It kind of rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Same movie. Exactly. Um, but cutting back to again, check out uh, Savvy's panel. Uh, if you go to Liv's Instagram, which I believe is just Olivia Ahmed at Olivia Amidala, you can find it there. And uh, if you love Solo, you'll have a great time. So. Segwaying back to Mandalorian, we get the aforementioned showing of, hey, these Mandalorian groups just are not getting along at all. And I, I loved this scene of Axe and Paz. Just, they're, they're just playing this, this chess game. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? You can't make that move. It's like, well, we move this way. And it just shows that, like the differences. Uh, and, and they start going at it. And eventually, I don't was it Paz that pulled out the vibroblade? Yeah. Yes. And Axe is like, are you fucking kidding me? And then they just start fighting. It's just a really cool fight scene, uh, which I loved. And then who oh, who comes in to break it up is is Grogu with the <laughs> no, no, no. And then just separates them. Uh, again, I, it was just a little like small scene, but I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. And as someone who I, I have been quite vocal on this pod about my disdain for uh, Mr. Paz Vizsla, uh, he, he, he was he was kind of killing it in this episode. Uh, word choice definitely intended there. Um, but yeah, no, I, <laughs> too soon. But yeah, I, 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 I loved this buildup. Um, and then just suddenly... It is the Mandalorian after all, so there's got to be a giant monster coming through the uh, the ground yep. all of a sudden that just destroys the ship. And I'm like, I tried to like get a look at what this. It looked like a mixture of like so many different like Star Wars creatures. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was the Mythosaur. I thought so too. I was like, but I oh don't my- know. Yeah. Well, I, I thought think- at first I was like, is it? I don't even remember what I thought it was, but I, I don't think it, I, I think they would have made a bigger deal out of it. If it was the mythosaur, like that's true. That's very true. The episode just kind of just like, Oh, the ships are done. And like, then they're oh, like, we Oh, gotta, we're at, we got to go to the mines. We got to go to the mines. And like, Oh, we're there. Like it, they just kind of like, Oh, we got to destroy the ship. So there's our, there's our ride back because I'm, I'm pretty sure by this point, the armor has left with the, the wounded or am I 
not remembering the episode correctly. No, she has, yeah. Okay. Because she goes off the planet, and again, I'm get, I'm getting a little getting a little imposter vibes from you, armor. People have pointed out that like her helmet and Gideon's helmet very similarly similarly designed. Uh, there's and the fact been the- that like here's the other thing because there was something there was something related to that that people were pointing out. The fact that the Mandalorian covert in Navarro was completely wiped out, mm-hmm. yet the armorer was the only one left. Ooh. Why is that? I don't know. I've seen the the armor is rook cast theories have been going around for a while now. I've seen that. I would like it to happen. I'm a big proponent of the theory, but I don't really care if it doesn't mm-hmm. at the same time. So I yeah, which is why I thought because I was like because when we started our recaps this season, I was like, okay, she's gonna end up being like the greater scope antagonist of the season. And then I kind of waned off that a little bit when I saw how she was working with Bo. I was like, okay, maybe she's just going for redemption and, and she'll be revealed to be one of Maul's Mandalorians. And and now she's looking for redemption herself. Uh, and that's why she's working closely with Bo because she feels kind of responsible for everything. But now I'm like, is she working with Gideon? And it would, it would make a lot of sense. See, Connor, you weren't here the week when I when I pitched um, what I thought would have been a good way to introduce Gideon's return, which was because he, w- he had been brought up, and I think this was the week of, I think it was the pirate, and I was like, what if Gideon takes advantage of the can't-take-your-helmet-off rule and he just infiltrated the covert and he was just, like, there the whole time? Uh, which like kind of broke Don's brain. That didn't end up happening, but I mean, he does have his own essentially Mandalorian armor now, so I guess it, it kind of happened in a way. But I love all of these shots where we're getting like when they go into the forge and they have all the talk about you, know, I, you used to live here and. You know, you have Axe's group who was like, yeah, we, we did. And then you have the the ones that stayed on the planet. Well, yeah, we never left. Uh, but I, I just love getting to see these locations from Rebels and Clone Wars in live action. Like, they still look the same as they did, but they look way more decrepit, way more destroyed. Wait. Just, the way that they've translated Mandalore. I have really we love. seen the Great Forge in animation? Have I don't. I don't think so. Okay, I'm just still going back to the. Um, no, you're good. I was like, city and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know if we have. Um, that might just be. I still need to watch. Up. I still need to rewatch season four of Rebels. That might just be me making stuff up, but I just love the way Mandalore has been translated to live action. Is what I'm trying to say. Is it just looks so good and. Um, the more they show of it, the more I like it. But as they get into the forge, they realize something's up and they get ambushed by Gideon's new troops. And what I loved about this was the way the environment slowly went from more and more of like the caves to more Imperial 
and like more and more like we see like the yep. hallways and then by the end we see Gideon's secret hangar and the 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 concept of him like building up his own like army on Mandalore is such a cool concept and I think it works so well with Gideon's character as this invader and conqueror of the Mandalorians for him to set up his own like secret base on the planet where the great forge used to be i think is really cool and it, it it gives them that obstacle of okay we have to retake mandalore and obviously we knew they'd have to deal with like the all the species that reawakened after the purge that they had to, that didn't encountered in chapter 18 and all that stuff and retaking the planet but now having an actual like imperial opposition there i think works so well with the narrative and just the way Gideon outsmarts them, like he separates them through the blast doors and Din is just immediately like arrested. Oh shit, that's right. I forgot that he's he's captured. He's just immediately captured and like pinned down. And while all the other Mandalorians are on the other side. I love and also just the reveal of Gideon coming into shot with like the helmet and everything. Looks so cool. and But now I'm screwed because I'm like, okay, they're going to make a figure of that and I'm going to have to buy it. And it's just, it, it, I know what you do, Star Wars. This is this is the problem when you have a massive Black Series addict hosting a Star Wars podcast. Is it, It's bad. It's bad for my wallet. But it looks so cool. And I just love how cocky he is. He's like, all right, this is the new generation of the Dark Trooper. Uh, but... I'm in it this time, so it's better. Yeah, it's like I love that. I love that the implied weakness was that Gideon wasn't part of it. Yeah, because because Pershing originally was like the weakness was the humans, so droids eliminate that. And now he's like, okay, no, the real weakness was the fact that it wasn't me, and mm -hmm. now I get to be the dark trooper. And I'm like, you magnificent bastard! <laughs> I love you so much. Uh, People have talked about how much he's becoming that villain that you love to hate. Uh, and I agree with that. Someone said this tweet says that he's suppressing Pong Krell on that. I don't love to hate Pong Krell. I just hate Pong Krell. There's a huge difference there. There are two characters that I hate in Star Wars. Pong Krell and Coley Lynn. That's it. Yeah. I, I Yeah. Hard to argue with that one. Um, Savvy, have you read High Republic? Okay. No, I was about to ask, who is that? He's a dick. <laughs> he's yes. in a... Uh, he's a character in the Fallen Star. Yeah, he's, in a, he's okay. a character in um, the Phase 1 novel, Fallen Star, who's an absolute dick and... His comeuppance is one of the best things Claudia Gray has ever written. <laughs> and Andrew, when you get to it, you will yet. know. Like I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm reading this book slower than than I realized was possible, but it's okay. Hey, uh, reading. Yeah, reading is tough. What can yeah. I say? It is tough. Are you it. also where you can read it in like a day or like within a month? 
or months and there's no in between sort of yeah like by like a day for me is more like like a couple yeah like, i could read something in like three days or it will take me six months there's no yep in between really like I, read- I can i can only read it like i need to be in the exact mood to like yeah read something like the exact mood like certain time and if that's just not there like if i try to force myself to read something it's just like no it's not gonna happen yeah that's why i'm gonna like probably I, try to do audiobooks from now on that's why i was like when i was trying to read a bit of battle scars because i had a long i was in a long car ride over the weekend i got like through a chapter and i was like and i'm just not i'm just not feeling this right now like the book is good but it's just the concept of reading it's, yeah i don't know if that makes any sense no that makes but, a lot of sense because i struggle i struggle too i read i read battle scars in like maybe 24 hours i just wanted to like get i got an early copy at emerald city comic-con so i guess i just like finish it before it like actually released for spoiler reasons but um there are other books like rebel rising by beth revis it took me like four months but that's also because it was really painful. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a painful one. I have not found a copy of that book. I had to order it online. And one I of my, need to find one. One of my early stories on the pod was I was reorganizing my bookshelf. And I was like, where's my copy of Rebel Rising? And I just realized that I had just not owned the book. And I had just gaslit myself <laughs> for years into thinking I had a copy of it. <laughs> So I had I ordered one, uh, I think it was on Amazon, and now I have it. But I I I didn't for the longest time. But I thought I did, and I had to like I was like, where is this? And I literally had to go through my order history, went back to like 2017 when the book came out. Didn't see it. I was like, okay, I just never bought this book, did I? <laughs> There's another one. Like I I swear I owned a copy of the Tarkin book. I don't know where it is. I either don't or I just made that up. Uh, yeah, but... I read Rebel Rising via Kindle mm. when I first had it. I have one And too. I wish I could find my notes that I wrote down because I know that they're saved somewhere. And I cannot find them for the life of me. And I just want to go back and read them. <laughs> A lot of pain. Thanks, Saw. Uh, but thanks, speak- Beth Revis. Speaking of pain, uh, back to this episode <laughs> where Din is taken away, Bo is on the other side, and Gideon's like, "All right, surrender the dark saber." And of course, we know she's not going to. So she starts cutting away at the other side of the blast doors. And as she's trying to get them to escape, who stays behind? But Paz Vizla. He gives one last, this is the way. And he just starts going to town on all of these troops. He's literally like firing so much that his gun like overheats. Overheats. It's about to explode, basically. Yeah. So then he eventually just like drops it and just starts like taking them out with his bare hands. And he gets most of them. And like it just shows how strong he is. Because they, these troopers had been built up in such a short time as, like, clearly being way more of a threat than 
regular stormtroopers because they they have Beskar armor and what did they have Beskar armor or is it just Gideon's? Yeah, no, they had they had yes, they had troopers. Yeah, okay, they had Beskar armor and yep, and they were they they it took a lot more to take them out. Uh, but then as he after he gets all of them out, here come the Praetorian guards, and I lost it. Same. Oh my god. I knew from like a few months ago or whatever there was that leak that like Praetorian guards were gonna show up in this in Mandalorian, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I was still shooketh when they showed up, man. That was hype. Yeah. Uh and unfortunately, so was our fallen brother Paz Vizla. Uh, because it was it was too much for the guy. And that was the the last shot was him just fallen uh, after the guards took him out. I think these are these are different like staves than the they have in the Last Jedi. Those like purple so ones that too, they have yeah. in this episode. But I what a way so. to end the episode. Um, Savvy, your thoughts on Paz no longer being with us? Because I have my own, but they're a bit harsh. So. Maybe you could lighten the mood here. Um, I thought it was like a really poignant um, warrior's death. Like, I feel like what we've seen with Paz is that he's a very loyal Mandalorian. Like, that's not something that was kind of overlooked at all by any of us, I don't think. So to see him die for the Mandalorian people, I felt like was super in character for him. Um, it was sad if you think about like how he has a son and, and how like one of them will probably have to tell their son, like his son, that his dad's not coming home. And But like it, it seems a lot like the Mandalorian people like are willing to make sacrifices like that for each other. And as sad as it was, it was it was interesting to see uh, like it happen. We haven't really seen like a like a sacrifice or like anything like that quite yet i guess so they made us like yeah they made us like him a lot and then they were like they always Dead. do that Star Wars always yeah. gets away with that <laughs> i i was my thing was i was never a paz guy at first i didn't like him because oh self-insert character for john favreau like like there he is again like but then i was like okay because in the first couple seasons and at the beginning of this season, he was just an asshole. And then, like, we saw him work more with Din, and then he had that great moment in The Pirate where he's like, I've had many disagreements with this man, but I'm going to, he saved my son and I'm going to fight with him. This is the way. And ever since then, he's been pretty likable. So it was, and I will agree with you, it was such a, like, warrior's way to go out. Like just fighting until his like very last breath. It was it was it was a really like strong way of showing his character uh, till the very end. I, but I just I don't know. I, I didn't like him that much, so I wasn't like sobbing like I know some people were over this one. Uh, if it was one of Bo's night owls, or if it was I forbid Bo Katan, like it would have been a different story. But I think. Paz is like a known character, so it definitely hurt. And the fact that they finally credited him as like a co-star 
in this episode after he's just been like like guest star or other characters like minor like throughout the entirety of it so for him to finally get that like co-starring bill in this episode i got the co-star and then he bill, dies but at what cost yeah i know um so that it, i don't know I, it was just more cool of like okay these praetorian guards are really threatening and gideon's fleet like he's got all these interceptors he got these bombers so we know the the fleet above the planets in, in real trouble now and it just it reminds me a lot of season one where the episode before the finale, we ended with Quill's death, which that one was just heart wrenching. We don't talk about that. Yeah. Uh, and then that led directly into the finale. It, it, this gave me very similar vibes to that of we're going to kill off this character beforehand to really add the stakes to the finale, make Gideon seem like way more of a, hateable villain than before uh and and lead into the finale uh and i believe no that wasn't rick famua that that was deborah that did that to quill um thanks thanks deborah but uh shout out to rick famua for just knocking it out of the park this season because he, he's i think he did the first episode and then he directed this one and he's going to direct next week's episode as well so the stakes for the finale are very high. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a great moment when Din and Bo. I need Rick to do yeah. a movie. Yeah, Rick and uh, Bryce are my two. Where I'm like, give him a movie now. Like I'm actually kind of shocked that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard wasn't one of the ones that got a movie announced at Celebration. Uh, but maybe that's just me because I champion her every week on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, no, this is definitely next, next week is going to be insane. Like this episode was already great as it is, but I don't even know what's going to happen next week. Like, it's going to be crazy. Like, is, are we going to get a Thrawn appearance? I don't know. Uh, but Gideon, man, there's just something about him that the show just, it's better when he's in it. And I, I will... I don't know. I, I just I just definitely get that vibe even more after this week of like really bring the season into high gear. And mm. when we get that bow and uh, Gideon face off next week, I don't know if I'm ready for it. Uh, but Savvy, what were your overall thoughts on the episode before we uh, kind of wrap things up and head out of here for the day? I thought that it was great. It was the perfect mixture of like the light hearted Mandalorian lore that we know and love with Din and Grogu and then we even got like Grogu on his mother's lap on Bo's lap. Yes. I thought that was so cute. Um but I liked it a lot. I am really anticipating the next episode and I've been I feel like I've personally been really faithful in this season and I'm just excited to see where it's going and how they're gonna finish it off. And I really don't have like any predictions. I've been trying to avoid them because they could go any direction and this isn't the last season. So no like finite decisions yeah. will be made. So, but yeah, I thought it was a great episode. Smart Lynn, idea to not. Yeah. Lindsay and I on Stardust Records will will rate the episode like blank out of 10. Um, Batus. 
So like little grogu <laughs> noises. So I want to hear what your rating is. <laughs> this week? Yeah. Uh, definitely a nine out of ten. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try the noise. <laughs> I'm not even gonna do it. I'll, I'd probably give this episode like a eight out of ten. Okay, but I'll like a seven point yeah, five. Yeah. I'll, I'll put the noise in in, in post. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, but I think that wraps things up here for our chapter twenty three recap of the mandalorian season finale next week it's flown by already which is weird because there was no double episodes this season like there has been with andor or the bad batch uh or even kenobi when we were recapping that last year so but it still feels like it's flown by like it doesn't feel like it's been two months Mm -hmm. uh so you can definitely look forward to that uh next week and if you missed our full celebration recap on the podcast feed uh, we posted that yesterday at the time of recording. It was me, Don, and special guest Mo, who is Jin, my stardust on Twitter. She's been on the show multiple times. Talked all about Celebration all four days. Check that out if you have not uh, seen it already. Uh, Savvy, thanks for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on finally. Yeah. Uh, where can everyone find you and where can they listen to your podcast? Um, you can find me at Andorisms on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find Lynn's and I's pod on Twitter at Stardust Records, but without the O and records. Um, and we, you can listen to our pod on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Perfect. Uh, Connor, where can everyone find you? Uh, Twitter, at Depa Banana. Instagram, which I don't really use, at ConmanJFO. Um, in addition to co-hosting here, I also co-host over at the Nerd Academy podcast, um, specifically our Star Wars show, Knights in the Nerd Republic. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, just Nerd, the Nerd Academy podcast. Just Google it. Most of our stuff will come up. I don't really know. Um, you can also find me co-writing questions and co-hosting uh a star wars fan trivia league called star wars in a galaxy epic confrontations um you can find all of our past and future matches over at the star wars in a galaxy podcast youtube channel uh we could we just had like our perennial rematch between my co-host Jared the Dark Jedi versus Scotty Jero of the Bombad Cast, uh, it's been a rematch that's been in the works for about a little over about a year and a half or so, and uh, it was a good one. It, it was it was something. Um, and then you can find me over at sweditorig.com/fiction. Uh, over there, I work with a talented group of wonderful people to help uh craft a i'm losing my words right now i help craft uh a connected universe of star wars fan stories we have a few comics real short ones but also like mainly short stories we have a lot of other stories in the works i have a few in the works none published yet all centered around uh one of my favorite jedi cal kestis perfect uh 
as for myself, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Starlight Andrew, uh, where I just talk about a lot of stuff, pretty much. Uh, what I'm watching, a lot of Star Wars. Uh, and then you can follow the podcast on Twitter at For the Repub Pod and on Instagram at For the Republic Pod. Uh, we'll post updates on when you can expect uh, new episodes and what we're working on. So definitely follow us there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, For the Republic Podcast. We are a little over halfway to our goal. Uh, where we can do more live content in the future. Our numbers are actually doing really good. I'm actually really excited with how uh, it, it's doing. Uh, so definitely join us there where you can enjoy the wonderful video versions of these episodes as well. And also Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. Uh, next week, we will have our Mandalorian uh, season finale discussion up, as well as hopefully, if we have time, our full Bad Batch season two look back because with celebration we had to delay that for a little bit so check those out but until then thank you guys for watching thank you again to savvy for joining us and until next time this is the way yes 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 yes